Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> recently, someone asked me, uh, how is your retirement going? And I was like, huh? Uh, last time I checked, my retirement was scheduled for 2050. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, they meant um, that I retired from uh, the youth, but that's not true because I'm here. And I'm so excited uh, to, um, to be with you. David, thank you for the invitation. It's a blessing to, um, to preach. Uh, it's a blessing to be able to preach, to be able to speak to begin with. Uh, it's an honor that the Lord allowing us to take his word and pronounce it to other people. David said that I will gladly speak about your mercies in front of a large congregation paraphrasing but it's a blessing to be able to speak and preach about god so if we when we have opportunity it's frightening don't take me uh, <laughs> it's not easy a lot of times um, it's can be scary but it's a blessing to be able to share um, god's word and so uh, today my topic is, um, that I would like to share, is about the heart. It's found in Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 8. Uh, Jesus says the following words, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's say it all together. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God. Jesus speaking the Sermon on the Mount, and he is giving the most important um, thoughts to the people uh, surrounding him. And uh, his statement here in Matthew 5, 8, that Matthew recorded is that a person that has a pure heart is blessed because he will see God. And I want to say that that uh, that is actually the condition the only condition under which a person can see god without that condition no one will see god because god is holy and nothing impure will enter into his presence so jesus speaking on the mountain is sharing this message but i want to talk about us and how that pertains to you and I, because my struggle with keeping my heart pure still continues. Because when I was younger, I really struggled with certain things. Anyone struggles here? Any kind of struggle? Uh, some people, okay. Um, you know, I struggle with things like music. I struggled with uh, movies. I struggled with friendships, the friendships that um, that I had or that I wanted to have and I was not allowed to have. Um, one of the things that I clearly remember is that my mom would tell me, um, we would be driving somewhere and I would, you know, have music in my car, and my mom would always come out and uh, bless me, 
And she would say, Dennis, don't listen to that music. It's destroying your soul. I'm like, Mama, you know, like, what are you talking about? This is just music. It's just techno. It's just, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. It's just music. It just feels good to have music on and just to, you know, roll, stroll around the town with the music on and so on and so forth. And I would listen to all kinds of junk, to be honest. I didn't care about um, a particular genre or I, I could listen to Christmas music in July and people would care. <laughs> yeah, people did not like, you know, um, listening to my music, but I didn't care about music, but, uh, but uh, I just listened to music. That's what I thought. And I remembered, uh, I remembered when my mom told me about that. But Dennis, do not listen to this music because it is doing something to your soul. And if we, uh, so music was one of the areas that I struggle with uh, movies. I started realizing when I was got serious on the path of getting to know God that I struggled with certain things and thoughts and desires and passions and I realized, you know, what is causing those things? Why am I struggling so much with impure thoughts? And one of the areas that I identified was movies. So I decided that I'm not gonna watch movies. And when my friends, after Sunday morning church, we would go eat and then go to the movie theater, I would go home. And um, that was not easy. When all of your friends are going to a movie theater, I started going home. And I realized that the fight got easier a little bit because I did not have, most of the movies today, if you didn't realize, have either violence, uh, a sexual immorality scene, um, or both present at the same time. We, uh, we came somewhere to a hotel and we wanted to watch a movie. My wife and I looked through the stacks. We did not find a single movie that would not include violence or um, immorality. Probably not a surprise to you. I don't know what you watch, but movies was one of the things that uh, was a problem. And then friendships. Friendships can be very toxic. They can either bring you closer to where you want to be, if you want to be with God, or they can help you to get farther away from where you want to be. Um, and that's very, very um, important, who your friends are. So am I the only person who struggle with this? Am I the only one who have the struggle to keep my heart pure because the thoughts would be so intense. Um, at some point, um, I would cry before the Lord because I could not control my thoughts. They would just pour into my mind like from a dump truck. And, um, you know, the heart is a universal problem. The culture, our culture, the social media um, are penetrated 
filled with stuff, immoral stuff, filled with um, nudity, filled with um, all kinds of unfaithfulness, all kinds of um, violence, and so on and so forth. And things that seemingly are neutral, a lot of the times are not. Maybe it's because we got used to this as a norm. But what about God? How is God looking at that? So we're talking about the heart and the problem of the heart. You know, interestingly, that the heart is not something that people, when we say heart, what do we mean by heart? What do you think? What do we mean by heart? Any ideas? What is heart? Right now, I'm not talking about your physical heart that pumps your blood. I'm talking about your emotions, your will, and your soul, your thoughts, right? Who you are. That comprises of who you are. So when we talk about heart, we talk about something that is central to ourselves. Interestingly that um, if you look up on the internet and search, around 100,000 100, songs, different titles feature the word heart in their, in their title. Old songs, new songs, 100,000 songs feature the word heart in their title. So people are very much concerned with the heart. Because they understand that heart is, is the center of everything, right? We say the heart of Tacoma. You know, we say uh, the heart of the potty or something like that, where we, you know, we reference to that as a life-giving or the center of everything or of where everything is happening. Everything happens in the heart. And interestingly, that more than, than the heart itself, um, intentions of the heart matter. You know, the songs, the movies, they portray and show, you know, people and what happens, you know, when people fall in love and, and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, but you can't really show the intentions of the heart. We only see the outcomes of what's in the heart. Here's, um, I don't know if you can see that well, but this, is, uh, this was um, an article by CNN on uh, mass shootings in the U.S. And I already spoiled it. Uh, I was going to ask you, how many shootings do you think happened in 2023? But you guys already saw that. Um, in two weeks that we lived in this year, there was 40 mass shootings in the U.S. alone. And you can see how many shootings there were the years prior to that. And get this, I am not here to talk about um, how bad guns are, okay? Because a gun that rests on the shelf cannot kill anyone. But a person with an evil card, can do much harm. Can do much harm. You know what? Even if we collect all the guns, as today we're suggested to do, in the world, 
Do you think people are going to kill each other? What did Cain kill Abel with? For sure without a gun. We don't know exactly, but he didn't need a gun to kill his brother. You know, today we can kill people with our tongue. Today we can kill more people with what we post online than we can kill with our gun. You can be very effective with your words, with what you say and what you post and what you do online or in person. But the bottom line is the intentions of the heart. What's in the heart? And this is just a representation of what's going on with the world. The world has a broken heart. The world has a heart problem. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he pointed that out. Here's what Jesus says about the heart. Mark 7, 20, 23. It is what comes from inside that defiles you from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So be not surprised that your biggest problems are not going to be from outside. Your biggest problems are going to be from within. Because the heart is from, from the richness or abundance of the heart, the lips speak, right? And when we speak, we, uh, as Jacob says, we set on fire the things around us with our words. And um, that affects other people and affects our life in, in a big way. So Jesus is speaking and saying, so the biggest problem in the world is not guns, is not violence, is not, um, is not pornography, is not anything else. The biggest problem in the world is a problem of the heart. Because all those things are coming from within. You know, our world has a broken heart. People that surround you have an evil heart, a broken heart, a heart that needs help. You know, our physical heart, uh, for comparison, is unseen. You cannot see my heart, right? I hope you don't. Uh, we cannot see a person's heart, okay? We never do. You look at a person, you uh, think he's a healthy person, um, and uh, all of a sudden this person collapses in front of you. I had this situation in a hospital where I used to work. A person collapses and um, you call 911, rush the person to the hospital, um, they do all the tests, and they take him in for a procedure. He has a heart problem. After a procedure, uh, after looking at the heart, after opening the heart and, and doing what they need to do, a person comes back to life because they were able to 
resuscitate him and give him a new life. But nobody knew that there was a problem before, right? This picture, uh, my sister sent me this picture a few days ago. Uh, she works, in, uh, she works um, uh, as a cardiovascular technologist, and uh, that's what they pulled out out of a person's heart. All those things. And when we look from outside, we cannot tell what's in a person's heart. We can never tell what's in a person's heart because it's concealed, right? You think it's a healthy person, everything is going well, he looks okay, and then one, once, uh, and then suddenly that person collapses because his heart had a problem for a long time, but it became evident at a moment. So what do you do? Uh, I'm going to change that picture. Um, and uh, so what do you do uh, to, what do you do to uh, keep a healthy heart, physical heart? Give me some ideas. Exercise, thank you. You exercise, you get up early or uh, you take a break uh, in the middle of the day and you run and you exercise to keep your heart pumping. They say, uh, doctors say that at least 30 minutes of intense exercise is needed to keep the heart healthy. Um, nutrition, right, is another thing. What do we consume? What you consume is going to really affect the heart, the condition of your heart, of my heart. So our diet, that's something we don't like to talk about a lot. We like our diets and we don't like when other people, you know, uh, mess with their diets, or some people are actually obsessed with, you know, very healthy diets, which is a different topic, but uh, I think it's good to have a good diet, right? So at least two things, exercise, um, probably enough sleep, and um, healthy diet. So if we think of a spiritual heart, if we think of a spiritual heart, what... Uh, what does the spiritual heart needs to function and to be healthy? I think the first step um, for a heart to be healthy is, uh, for some reason, my clicker stopped working. I don't know why. Um, maybe um, you can help me to switch to the next slide. So step number one is we need a new heart. The heart needs to be changed. The Bible talks about it and it says in different terms, but it says that um, your heart needs to be purified, circumcised, and changed. You need a new heart. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, uh, God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel and he says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So God is promising and he's saying that I will give you a new heart. And I want to say this, that we have 10 commandments here on both sides. And if a person tries to live by the 10 commandments, um, that is not going to give you the results that you want. 
that is not going to give us the results that God wants. Because there were a lot of people who received the Ten Commandments personally. They have seen God's miracles and wonders and have experienced God's power, God's power. And yet they utterly failed to fulfill God's commandments. You know why? Because they never asked for the new heart. And that's why God is speaking and saying he's giving this promise and I will give you a new heart. Not the same heart, but a new heart. Hebrews 8.10 says the following. To a different prophet, God is speaking to his people and he makes this beautiful, beautiful promise to his people. And he says that, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them on their heart. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So God promises you and I that he will place his laws on our heart. He will imprint them. So you are able with a new heart to fulfill God's law with a desire, with a passion, with a love for God, you're able to fulfill His laws because they are in your mind and in your heart. God promised to write the law on our heart. And God says that He will do, you know, the heavy lifting of heart transplant. All we need to do is to enjoy Him and to live for him. So when we received, if and when we received the new heart, we came to the Lord and we asked for that new heart. We received and our life was transformed evidently for us and for others around us. What happens next? You know, the lifetime process is keeping the heart, guarding the heart. Solomon, speaking to his son, he talks to him and he says to him, keep your heart with all vigilance, from, for from it flows the, flow the spring of life. Another, another translation says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Different translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 46% of what we do is habitual in our life. So 46% 46, 46 of the things that you do every day is your habits. Are the things that you have been doing and that you will continue and I be doing. So do you think it's important that our habits are right? Yes or no? Yes. If half of our life consists of things that we do automatically almost, it is important that those things are right. You know, our heart determines what we eat, what we drink, 
what we dream about and what and who we will become as a person. You know, there are several heart problems that we need to be aware of. One of them, or the first uh, one of them that uh, the Bible talks about is pride. So we're talking about heart today. We're talking about our spiritual heart. We're not talking anymore about our physical heart that pumps our blood, which is very important to keep pure and exercised and healthy. But we're talking about our spiritual heart because the Bible says that from the heart, from that source of life, it will actually determine the course of your life. Not your parents, not your future spouse, not your job that you enjoy so much today, not even your car or your new purse or phone, whatever it is for you. But the proverb, but the Bible says that your heart, what's in your heart today will determine the course of your life. Guard it, protect it, keep it pure. One of the first problems with the heart is pride. Proverbs 3.5 says, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I think pride is most prevalent in uh, the ages when we're younger. Uh, although all ages are, um, I think have problems with pride. But when we're strong, when we have a lot of abilities and, and potential, we tend to think that a lot of things in life are in our control. And we control all the things and we uh, have and this talent and this talent and we can do this and that. And we can get prideful. We're not gonna tell anybody about it, but we can get prideful in our heart. So Solomon speaks in, in to his son and he says, Trust in the Lord with all your what? All your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. When we, he says trust in the Lord, he means trust the words that are written in God's law. Because that's where we learn about who Lord our God is. You know, so number one is pride. The second thing is obsession with material possessions. Matthew 6, 21, for where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, people that pursue wealth have issues in a lot of areas of their life because their heart is where their wealth is. That's just, that's just what it is. The more the, the more the wealth grows, the more a person attaches to that wealth. Those are the words of Jesus. Those are not my words. Recently, the world was shocked by the news that Bill and Melinda Gates are getting divorced. Um, they were married for 27 years and had three children. The world uh, was looking at them as a beautiful, successful couple. And um, I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago, but they uh, got divorced. And you would think you would think that this kind of couple, you know, people that are most powerful, they call, you know, you know, the most powerful people in the world, have everything they could ever imagine, a house on Lake Washington, boats, yachts, you name it. 
vacation every week. Those kind of people are getting divorced. When asked, when they asked Melinda Gates why she's divorcing her husband, um, she says that um, because he changed, he is not the same person. He did not keep his commitment. He was not faithful to her. That their marriage was not healthy anymore. So clearly possessions are not going to give you what, what we want. Possessions are not going to give us the happiness that we all want. We all, all want to belong. Jesus says that a, a man's, a, a person's life does not depend on his possessions. You can be, um, it does not. I remember uh, our pastor, Pyotr Sayanka, used to say this phrase often. He says that materialism destroys faith. Materialism убивает веру. A person that chases after material things over and over and makes it a center of his or her life eventually loses his faith. So pride, obsession with material possessions, anxiety. You know, today I think the world is as anxious as it can be. The news are just overflow with negative information around us. I don't know if you read the news or not. Um, I haven't read any news this year uh, so far. Um, but I remember how anxious I was during COVID. There were times where I had to turn all the news off and not read anything or listen to anything uh, because I would get so worried. Um, and the question is, are you anxious today about anything? About your future, about your current status, about your future status, about what's going to happen in the world, happen to you, to your family? I don't know. There's a lot of things to be worried about and anxious. Anxiety, uncontrolled um, type of weariness. You know, Jesus has a promise for us. He says that peace I live with you, John 14, 27. He says, I do not give, you, uh, give to you as the world gives. What kind of peace does the world give us? A very unstable kind of peace, temporary. But he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus offers you and I his peace. We have to come to him continually to receive it. Philippians 4, 6, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will be protecting our heart from excessive worriness because we know who we belong to. Jesus says that you cannot add even an hour to your life by worrying more or less. He is our only hope and in Him we receive healing from anxiety. If that's you today, if there is something that's bothering you, 
He is your only hope today. So we talked about pride. We talked about material possessions. We talked about anxiety. And uh, lastly, we'll talk about lust. You know, lust is one of the things that surrounds us. It's almost inevitable to go in a mall, drive on a road, and not see uh, immodesty, not um, look at something that even 50 and 100 years ago would be considered um, unacceptable to be shown to the public. Paul writing to a young Timothy says this, 2 Timothy 2.22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You know, passions, he says, flee youthful passions. Passions, in other uh, translations, says evil desires of youth. What are we passionate about today? You know, I was watching, uh, I was watching a uh, advertisement about a watch. And this woman says, I was lusting over this watch for a year. And that was shocking to me, how a person can lust over a material thing and commit sin with that thing. And that's normal today. So we're not talking about only lust between male and female. We're talking about lusting over idols, over material things that we want so much that we're willing to give our emotional life. We're willing to commit everything, our strength and everything we've got to get that particular thing that we want. Here's the advice that Apostle Paul gives to young Timothy. Flee and pursue. You know, lust is generated by our imagination. Our imagination needs to feed on something. You know, an example, I, I used to shoot a lot of weddings on photography. And before the wedding, I would sit down and scroll through um, wedding photos just to get the poses, the lighting, the composition, um, and so on and so forth. And uh, after, you know, 15, 20 minutes before the wedding day, uh, the next day it helps me to bring back in memory some of those shots and reproduce them. Same thing happens to us every day when we feed our imagination over and over and over. We're looking at something. We're always looking at something. And then we're surprised, why are we fighting so hard? Why our minds are filled with stuff that is irrelevant, stuff that empties us? Why the Word of God does not do its work in our heart? Well, guess what? Because the amount of information we receive is just outweighs the verse of the day that we read in the morning. The amount of information that we receive visually through our years, through our senses, is hundred and thousand times more than the time we spend in the Word of God and our, our, on our knees in fellowship with God. 
So what fills my heart today? What am I feeding my heart today with? You know, lust is a counterfeit of the real thing. And it promises to provide something that it can never provide. Only real love can. Most of the things that we are shown today in modern art, movies, and in life fantasies is anything but the, not the sacrificial love for another person. You don't want that kind of love in your marriage and in your relationship. The kind of love that is in the movies because it's not real. Paul's advice is to flee the youthful evil desires and to pursue people who have a pure heart. Pursue things like faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. This is the place where you want to be. The church is your place. The sermons and the godly people that seek the Lord is where you want to be when you're young. When the passions of your heart are tearing you apart, you want to run to God and pray on your knees. Do you know how many times over the years I would run to youth service as a safe haven to receive healing and help when I needed it most? Time after time and after time. And I was so thankful that there were people around me that could pray for me, pray with me, and I can be surrounded with people who seek God from a pure heart. Dear friends, we're going to finish with a prayer. Um, but I want to ask you today. The words of the Lord, our Jesus Christ, are clear. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Only those people. What will you change today in your life? In your friendships? Maybe there's some people who are toxic in your life and they feed you with filthy talks and jokes and information. Maybe it's just gossip. Maybe it's something else. What will you change in your social media account? Maybe you need to delete something. Take a break. What will change in your music, in your car, on your playlist? Are you going to delete some albums? Are you going to continue? It's a choice. Will you continue in the same path? Or will you choose and ask Jesus to purify your heart? It's a struggle. It takes effort. It has to be intentional. But it's well worth it. Because you and I will see God. May his name be glorified. You know, one story right before we uh, close in prayer. I know I, I took longer. Uh, a brother came up to me um, some time ago. And he said, Dennis, I wanted to apologize. Um, because I talked uh, behind your back. I talked bad about you. And that's not right. And I said, well, um, you know, I mean, I guess that's fine, or I forgive you. Um, that's not fine, but I forgive you. Um, and I don't remember 
you know, doing anything to that brother or, or, or having any kind of negative um, interaction with him before or anything like that. But long story short, he asked me for forgiveness. Then some time uh, passes by. This brother calls me and he says, you know, I can do this and this and this, and I would like to come in and do this work at your house. I'm like, brother, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? He's like, no, I am determined and I want to come in and I want to do this work for you. So he came in and he did a bunch of work um, in, in the profession that he's good at. I'm intentionally not saying what it is. But uh, it was humbling. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But he wanted to serve. And, um, you know, it made me think. It made me think, what if we, instead of talking about people, negatively judging people pastors people that serve you in the coffee shop or whatever uh, people that around us but instead of negatively talking about them we would serve them with love we would make it a point to come up to that person and buy him a drink if i have negative emotions against that person what would change around you what would change in the Slavic Christian Center youth if everyone would be doing that? What would change in Tacoma, in, in, in you know, Washington State, if everyone would start following that example, example of Jesus? Blessed are the pure in heart. Let's pray.